Good morning, Southwinds. I'm teaching you God's Word again today from Dana's parents' home in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And I want to thank you for the kind words that you've sent us these past few weeks and for all your prayers. We're all in good health here at this time, and my mother-in-law is continuing to heal and grow stronger. Dana and I are looking forward to getting home in several days and even more so to the day when we can see each other again. If you haven't already, go ahead and get your Bibles out. This is week three of our series, Living on a Prayer, as we study the Lord's Prayer line by line. And today we're digging deep into Matthew 6, 11, where Jesus tells us to pray, give us today our daily bread. As we start, I have a question for you. How are you feeling today? Good? Rested? Are you feeling energized and ready to take on the week, or do you feel a little weary and worn down? If you're anything like me, you feel kind of exhausted right now. Kurt Harlow, a pastor in the Sacramento area, was saying a few weeks ago that he feels exhausted right now because of three things. And I wonder if you relate to these like I do. The first thing is uncertainty. I generally like predictability. I like to know where my life is heading and uncertainty wears me down. And second, conflict. I hate conflict. I want everyone to just get along. And then third, threats and temptations. I get worn down if I feel like I'm always threatened or always having to resist some temptation. Now, I want you to look at this list. Isn't this like all of our lives these last almost five months? There's uncertainty. I mean, don't you feel like things change almost every day? We, we get new orders from our governments. There's new studies about COVID-19, what's open, what's not open. You can do this, you can't do that. And then how about conflict? I don't know about you, but I feel like I've been managing conflict constantly. People upset about COVID-19, people upset about how the church is gathering or not gathering, people upset about all the chaos and injustice in our culture and how the church is or is not handling it. And then how about threats and temptations? Obviously, COVID-19 is a threat right now, so there's health insecurity, there's also job insecurity, financial insecurity, and for many of us, there's relational insecurity related to all those things. See, experts say that when we're under threat, then we become vulnerable to temptation. And so we give in to temptations, we self-medicate. For some, it's shopping and online shopping has exploded during this season. For others, it's drinking. And alcohol sales have skyrocketed. For others, it's anger and domestic violence and divorce, along with many other things have become much, much bigger problems since the pandemic began. So the question is, how do we handle these three things biblically? I want you to see that in the next three lines of the Lord's Prayer, Jesus addresses each of them. Uncertainty. How about, give us today our daily bread. Conflict which often leads to harsh words and anger and regrets. How about forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors? And then how about threats and temptations? Well, what about lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one? You know, this is why I cannot think of anywhere in scripture I'd rather be studying right now than the Lord's Prayer. And today we are at the hinge point of the prayer, turning from the first half of the Lord's Prayer to the second. I want to give you a quick recap. The first half of the Lord's Prayer focuses our attention on God. 
we, we learn that prayer is first and foremost about God. We, we can't pray like we should if we don't know that God is our good father. And we need to know that God wants us to talk to him. He, he loves us. We also can't pray like we should if we forget that our loving father is a holy king who rules over the universe. See, more than anything else, prayer is about God and his holiness and his kingdom and his will. And it's only after we know these things and pray these things that we begin to be ready to focus on ourselves and our needs. And that's where we come today. Second half of the Lord's Prayer is about asking God for help. You could say that the first half is about awe, about our awesome God, but the second half is about help. But you have to start with awe to be able to pray in the midst of all the uncertainty and conflict and threats and temptations you must remind yourself that there is someone bigger than everything that you are facing. And then, then you, you get to help for your specific concerns, starting this morning with this phrase, give us today our daily bread. And at its most basic level, this is a request, a prayer for food, just bread. And the Greek word for bread is just that, just common, ordinary bread. Now, for many of us, this request may not resonate at first, mainly because we have so much. We don't worry about bread. In fact, we eat too much bread. In fact, we should probably cut down on our car consumption. Why? Why would we ask God for food when we have way more than enough? Well, you should know that for 2,000 years, Christ followers have understood this prayer to mean much more than just, Lord, Give me some Dave's Killer Bread, the organic non-GMO 21 grains and seeds loaf. Daily bread has always been seen as a metaphor for any daily necessity or for our needs. For example, in Martin Luther's 1529 small catechism, he wrote, what does daily bread mean as he unpacked the Lord's Prayer? And this is how Martin Luther answered his own question. He said, Daily bread includes everything that nourishes our body and meets its needs, such as food, drink, clothing, shoes, house, yard, fields, cattle, money, possessions, spouses, children, devout employees, devout and faithful rulers, good government, good weather, peace, health, discipline, honor, good friends, faithful neighbors, and other things like these. In other words, in a world of uncertainty, what you are praying is, God, give me today whatever I will need today. When Jesus spoke these words, it reminded his Jewish listeners of how God provided for their ancestors 1,400 years earlier. For 40 years, Moses led their ancestors through the desert and God provided fresh manna every day. It was this bread-like substance that appeared on the ground every morning like dew. And it was called manna because on the first day when they came out of their tents and saw it, they said, Manu? which is Hebrew for, what is it? And so that became its name. What is it? We don't know, but it tastes good. The Bible says it tasted something like honey on a coriander seed cracker. And they gathered just enough for that day, every day. If they tried to store up for the next day, then it would go bad, it would spoil because God was trying to teach them they needed to depend on him every day. Now, before we dig into each word of this request, I want you to see two overarching truths Jesus is teaching us when he tells us to pray, give us today our daily bread. First, 
God wants us to ask him for our needs. God is our father. God loves us and he wants to be involved in every aspect of our lives. You know, some people think it's unspiritual to ask God for material things, but the Bible never says that. God created you soul and body. God cares about all his creation. So if food is what you need, this prayer teaches you to pray for food. If money is what you need, this prayer teaches you to pray for money. If you need a job, pray for a job. If you need health, pray for health. God wants you to ask him to meet your needs and it honors him when we ask him. So so feel the freedom to ask. Nothing is too small and insignificant. Second, God wants us to depend on him for everything. When Jesus teaches us to ask the Father for daily bread, he's telling us how important it is that we depend on the Father moment by moment, day by day, for everything. And I believe that if you you truly learn to pray this as Jesus teaches us, it will revolutionize your life, especially in a season like the one we're living through. It can be so easy for us to look around and, and feel overwhelmed and just wonder, how will I ever make it in these uncertain times? Well, you know how you're gonna make it? One day at a time. Just talking to your father, that's how. See, if you get these two overarching truths, then you will begin to see that. Give us today our daily bread is is much, much more than a prayer for bread. It actually describes an entire way of looking at life. There's a pastor named Ray Pritchard who's done some great work on this, and, and I'm indebted to him in this message. And he says this request points us toward a lifestyle, what he calls daily bread living. It's an attitude, a certain way of looking at life. He states that the text points us to four aspects of daily bread living. These are four qualities that can become reality for you if you build this request, give us today our daily bread into your life each day. The first aspect of daily bread living is gratitude for what God provides. This comes from the very first word, give. When I truly pray this request, I begin to recognize that every single thing I have is a gift from God. You might say, but wait a minute, I've worked for every single thing I've got. But look at this. In Deuteronomy 8.10, Moses tells the Israelites when they're about to enter the promised land, when you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Now, maybe they said, we had a fight for every single acre. But ultimately, even the opportunity to fight is a gift from God. Like David said after that amazing, generous temple offering, he said, but who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you and we have given you only what comes from your hand. You see, ultimately, everything comes from God. Every slice of daily bread, every dollar that I have, every shirt I wear, every thought I think, because the the, the brain you use, the strength you have, every heartbeat, everything comes from God. I mean, think about the beauty around you. Have you ever stopped to think, why do I even notice beauty? God could have given you eyes that only see in black and white, like some creatures. God could have designed your taste palette so that you're very satisfied to just eat cat food, but he didn't do that. 
He created a whole world of beauty and it's yours to enjoy like the amazing beauty of Yosemite or savoring the juice when you bite into a ripe peach or, or losing your breath in the ice cold ocean or maybe watching your kids or your grandkids play or maybe listening to beautiful worship music. You see, all these things are gifts from Almighty God and when we see that, when we direct our attention to that reality, it changes us. Dr. Robert Emmons is the world's leading researcher on the effects of gratitude. He's a professor at UC Davis and UC Berkeley, and his research shows that people who keep gratitude journals, just check this out, they are 25% happier, sleep half an hour more per night, exercise 33% more per week, their blood pressure is on average 10% lower, they're more self-confident, more generous than those who do not, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. Gratitude is just so good for us. It's just plain healthy, which is really good to know in a pandemic. Besides that, God commands a lifestyle of gratitude for his people. Let me give you just one verse. First Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You know, the world... The world is filled with ingratitude, especially right now. And one thing that Dr. Emmons' work shows is that ingratitude leads to pessimism and negativity. And we're just surrounded by that right now. A.W. Tozer once said, a thankful heart cannot be cynical and we live in a cynical age. But the cure for cynicism is thankfulness, gratitude to God. But don't, don't miss this it needs to be very intentionally practiced because gratitude does not grow accidentally. Neuroscientist Rick Hansen says, our minds are Velcro for negative information, but Teflon for positive. For some reason, we remember negative things. Positive things just tend to slide away. So we need to be very intentional about realizing God gives you the things you get to experience every day as a gift. It's all a gift every single moment, every breath. In fact, I wanna challenge you. Maybe you're eating breakfast right now. Look at your daily bread or your daily oatmeal or your daily yogurt, or if you're eating lunch, your daily salad or whatever it is you're eating, and just say, this is a gift from the hand of God in answer to my prayer right here. And we're just reminded of that when we pray, give us this day, our daily bread. Then the second component of daily bread living is I get confidence that God will provide when I pray this prayer regularly. I start seeing prayer answered and I'm grateful and my confidence in God's provision grows. Look at these words, give us today our daily bread. The Greek word translated daily only occurs twice in the New Testament both times in the Lord's Prayer, here in Matthew 6 and then in Luke 11. And for a long time, scholars thought Matthew invented this word because there were no examples of this word in any Greek writings outside the New Testament to compare it to until just a few years ago. Researchers found this word in one other place, a parchment fragment of a grocery shopping list. A woman who was head of her household wrote down all the things that she or her servant needed to buy when they went to market. And next to some of the things on that list, they wrote this same Greek word. It apparently meant, buy this item daily, buy this one fresh. 
In other words, there's some stuff you could buy in bulk and you could store like grains, dried meat, wine, but veggies, fruit, bread, buy fresh. And that brings us back to the story of the manna. Remember, they only got what they needed for one day. And so praying this means praying something like, Lord, give me fresh strength to get through this day, to do today's work, to raise my kids today, and even just to survive today. Give me what I need today. I don't know when I first heard it, but I've heard it so many times. Maybe you've heard it too. Someone has said, God gives us grace one day at a time. And that's what Jesus was teaching us just a few verses down from the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6, verse 34, when he says this, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I want you to look at how Eugene Peterson paraphrases that verse. He says, give your entire attention to what God is doing right now and don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Now, that first phrase is a challenge for us in a distracted world. We're constantly being buzzed and dinged by all kinds of notifications. And so give your entire attention to what God is doing in the world right now and, and don't get so worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. I think that's the reason for the double emphasis in this prayer. Give us today our daily bread. To remind you and me, we can be confident God is going to give us whatever we need, whenever we need it, each new day. And then there's the third component to daily bread living, contentment with how God provides contentment with however God chooses to answer that prayer. I heard someone say, it's give us today our daily bread, not our daily cake. In other words, we pray for our needs, not our greeds. Now, if you're a parent, you can understand why this is important. If I could ask you, I bet you, you could tell all kinds of stories about all kinds of things your kids asked for that would have destroyed them if you'd given them to them. I mean, really, does any good parent in the world give a child Whatever the child asks for, of course not. That ruins a child. And, and you know that there are dozens of reasons why parents don't always say yes. There are also dozens of reasons why God doesn't always say yes to you. And you may not understand why, but you're not God. See, here's the reality. God loves you too much to say yes to everything. You might remember the old 50s TV show, Fathers Knows Best. On human terms, that's not always true, far from it. But when it comes to our Heavenly Father, He always knows best. As Tim Keller said, God always gives you what you would have asked for if you knew everything He knows. Now that's good. It's so good, I'm going to repeat it. God always gives you what you would have asked for if you knew everything that He knows. Now this is not an easy truth. I want to give you a couple of verses to think about. Hebrews 5, 7 says, During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. 
Think about what this verse is telling us. This happened in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus pleaded for God the Father to take the cup he was about to drink, which was the agony of death on the cross. This verse says that that prayer was heard, but he died. He had to drink that cup. He prayed for life and he got death. But Father knows best. The crucifixion turns out to be the central event in human history and Jesus Christ's prayer for life was heard and it was answered and a resurrection followed. Does it ever seem like God answers your fervent cries and petitions and tears for life with a death? Some people try to tell you that if you just believe enough and pray enough, then you'll get everything you want. But Jesus didn't get that. He prayed for life and he got death. But you and I will also experience what he experienced next. Resurrection follows. God will always resurrect. God will always redeem every pain because God never wastes a hurt. This principle is all through the Bible. The uh, Apostle Paul had some sort of painful physical ailment and he said this, 2 Corinthians 12, 8 says, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. God gave him the grace that he needed for the moment, and he learned contentment with how God gives. Can you see how this is all adding up? Each component of daily bread living, it leads to the next. You start with gratitude, and then you move into confidence, and then you, you get to contentment. And then finally, fourth component of daily bread living, generosity through which God provides. Now, how does this happen? Watch this. Jesus told us to pray, give us today our daily bread, not give me today the stuff I want or not give me today my daily bread. And that is a completely different prayer. Every time you pray us and are, you're praying together with your brothers and sisters. In fact, Try this the next time you pray, give us today our daily bread. Think of what the us and the are means. If you're a regular member or attender at Southwinds, just think specifically of what it means to our church body here at Southwinds. You know, every year we as a church give well over $100,000 of the resources that are given to us to serve and love people outside our church, both in our local communities, all around the world, to share the gospel, to meet needs so that others can know the Father who supplies his children with daily bread. It's like Ray Pritchard says, this imparts a bigness, a vastness, a broadness to your prayers. It, it takes you out of the narrow focus of your own problems and it opens you up to a whole world of people all around you. And this is exactly what the Bible means when it says in 2 Corinthians 9, now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food. In other words, he who answers your prayer, give us today our daily bread, will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way. Why? So that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. In other words, why do you think God gives you that daily bread? One reason, so you can be generous with it. 
we've been not only practicing generosity as a church during this season, but also exploring new ways we can be generous in our communities. I heard about a church in the Bay Area doing food distribution at a city park one day not too long ago, and a little girl, maybe eight or nine years old, was getting a bag of bread for her family, and they offered her some other things, and she said, no, no, just that bag of bread. And they said, why? Here's what she said. My mama told us to pray for daily bread last night because we have no more food at home. And then today I came to the park and you are the answer to my prayers. What a blessing to be able to be the answer to somebody's prayer for this. And you know, this is the sort of thing we want to keep on doing as a church, as God enables us, that, that we can all be part of the answer to someone else's prayer when they pray, Lord, give us today our daily bread. In fact, this single line from the Lord's Prayer, give us today our daily bread, it just really opens you up to a whole new way of looking at life, doesn't it? A whole new lifestyle, daily bread living. We get gratitude for what God provides, confidence that God will provide, contentment with how God provides, and generosity through which God provides. And friends, this is how to handle life's uncertainties. We rely on God's daily provision for whatever we need. And as we rely on him, it leads to all of these incredible blessings. I wanna just ask you, wouldn't you love to have a life that's filled with more gratitude and confidence and contentment and generosity? It will happen when you begin praying daily, God, give me what I need today. And then when you watch, as you see that prayer answered, Here's the bottom line. Truly praying this prayer, God, give us today our daily bread. It leads to daily bread living. And daily bread living means believing that God is good and that God will give you what you need, when you need it, how you need it, so that you can share it. Let's pray together as we bow our heads. Would you join me? Father in heaven, we thank you so much for giving us exactly what we need, when we need it, how we need it, so that we can share it. And God, I know that many of us are just feeling anxious and so insecure right now. Would you please help us learn to trust you each day and to rest in that? Lord, I, I pray that, that right now, if there's anyone who's joining us online who, who's not sure that they've ever committed their lives to your care, that they've received you as their father. Lord, I pray that they would do it in these moments, that they would say, Lord, I need you. Bread of life, living water, Jesus Christ. I, I turn from my sin now. I, I repent of my sin, Father. I believe in you that you sent your son, Jesus, and I receive him as my Lord and my Savior right now. We pray these things together in Jesus' name. And now, as we close our time together, let's pray the prayer that Jesus our Lord gave us. And I want to ask you to join me in praying out loud wherever you are right now. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. 
For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Again, as I've done each week of this series, I want to encourage you to pray the Lord's Prayer every day this week. Live on this prayer these next seven days and feel the freedom that our good Father gives you to ask to, to ask him to meet all of your needs. I'm gonna look forward to hearing from you how God answers your prayer. I, I hope that you'll share with me those things that he does and just feel free to email me or to call. I'm praying, I'm praying that you will see the goodness and the power of our Father this week. I'll look forward to seeing you again next Sunday.